guys are meshing together real well. We've got some good pieces, and, and when it comes together, I think we got a really good ball club. We were fortunate enough to go four years there in a row, and then you miss it by a game one year, and it just it doesn't feel right. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Worldly traveler or anything like that. Nothing, nothing too wild. I've never left the country. It's one of my fun facts. I feel like if I had to introduce myself to people, you do that icebreaker. Two truths or a lie. That'd probably be one of my one of my truths. I've never left the country before. I feel like most people by my age, I'm 25. I'm a quarter or more of the way through my life. I've never left the country. I do like to travel within the country. America first, you know. I love going to Montana once or twice a year. And every time I go to Montana, I always listen to a lot of bluegrass music. I don't know why. That's just what I do. I go to Montana. We go fishing. I got a buddy who lives out there. We listen to bluegrass music. Okay, makes sense. When I've come to Arizona in the past, every couple of years or more, because my grandma lives out here, visit her, maybe go to Brewer Spring training, go hiking. It's what you do. If you're from Wisconsin, Minnesota, every March you go to Arizona. It's just what you do. Every time we come down here, I... I feel like I'd listen to specific music. I remember when we were little, we'd always listen to the Mavericks. It's more of a niche band. I know. Some of you probably know the band I'm talking about. We had the CD growing up, I remember. Super colossal smash hits of the 90s. Best of the Mavericks. Heck of a CD. I was just listening to it a couple weeks ago. That was always my Arizona music. I realized today that anytime I go somewhere where it's actually warm and sunny, the Jimmy Buffett hits twice as hard and i listen to jimmy buffett year round it doesn't matter the locale it doesn't matter the weather but i tell you what when you go somewhere warmer and you got palm trees even if it's dry right we're not exactly in uh in the florida keys here like buffett sings about a lot but just in arizona when it's so warm buffett hits different it hits stronger down here so it's not friday we always put our fins up on fridays but today i was listening to little buffett as well i tweeted about it it's like playing on turf it's just faster, better, stronger. The Buffett is it's more powerful in weather like this. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had a great day, and I'm glad you're here. We're broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix, day two at Brewer Spring Training, thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. No clubhouse today. Brewers are off. They're back in action against the Diamondbacks tomorrow night, which, between you and me, Uh, I'm excited about because that means the clubhouse is in the middle of the afternoon. It's not so early in the morning. Not that 8 o'clock is that early, but, you know, when you got to get up and, like, comb your hair, put a nicer shirt on, you know, you commute 40 minutes across the valley. You commute across Phoenix. Like, it it takes time. I've been getting up early so far this week. Like, I don't mind rolling into work tomorrow at noon. I normally go into work at 11. That's my schedule. And while I don't wear pajamas, I'm, I'm not putting on dress shirts. I'm not putting together coordinated, you know, dress-up outfits when I go to work. So this week, I'm okay with tomorrow being at noon. Go back into the clubhouse, talk to some of the guys, meet with council again, and and talk about, obviously, the World Baseball Classic is in town, so that's kind of the buzz uh, around spring training a little bit. We talked a lot about pitching yesterday. It'll be interesting to see if I can do any damage, get in there tomorrow, and get some audio from players and coaches for the show very much looking forward to that but nothing today i want to talk a little bit about the bucks they played a barn burner of a game last night and i want to talk about the packers because we didn't get any specific aaron Rodgers news today but we got aaron Rodgers. we get aaron Rodgers news all the time like it's always going on it's just there are levels to the aaron Rodgers news did we get 
specific? Did we get inner circle Aaron Rodgers news? Did we get something a little more secondary, a little more tertiary? There's levels. So I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and some of the things that the Jets have been up to today. You probably heard they just made the Alan Lazard signing official. So Alan Lazard is going to be a Jet. And there's some other Aaron Rodgers-related facets to what the Jets been doing today as well. So we'll get to that. If you want to text the show, I'm going to be really good about text this week because we don't have a phone. So 608-796-2558 is the number. That doesn't change. If you want to join the show on StreamYard, which is just an online chat room, right? I'm going to tweet out the link in about 15 minutes, right? And if you go to my Twitter, at Wisco Grant, just click it. You don't have to set up any camera or any mic. Like, just click it with your phone. It'll put you in the chat room, and then I'll click a button, and you'll be chatting with me. Simple as that. So if you are the least bit literate with a smartphone or with a desktop computer or with a tablet, and you know how to get onto Twitter and click, you can join the show just like you would over the phone. We'll get back to the phones next week. Um, I'm sorry if any of you are being excluded. That's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles this week. So I'll tweet out a link at Wisco Grant in about 15 minutes. I want to start with the Bucks. Played a very entertaining game last night against the Kings back and forth, a lot of big buckets, big moments, some fourth quarter drama at the end. If you stayed up until the end, you were not disappointed. Little scuffle between Trey Lyles and Brooke Lopez. So I want to start with this game tonight, and we'll kind of settle into Rodgers and some more Brewer stuff I want to discuss as well. Giannis scored 46 last night. He could have scored 60. Every time he'd get inside the three-point line, it was that. That was it. The Kings don't have any interior defense. DeMontis Sabonis is a great offensive player. Like a brilliant offensive player, a great offensive player. That's selling him short. He's like a slightly smaller, poor man's Jokic. Poor is doing him a disservice. I would say a, a, a working class Jokic, a middle class Jokic, a $65,000 a year Jokic, right? Not poor man's, still very, very good, but compared to Jokic, I mean, obviously a step down. Sabonis so is great, and him along with De'Aaron Fox, kind of the engine that runs that offense. He's just not good defensively. He's undersized, right? He's a little like Tyler Wall. Imagine Tyler Wall, but a little bit bigger and a lot better. <laughs> kind of that just just big enough where you can play up and you can be a mismatch, but just small enough where you can't really deal with Brooke Lopez or Giannis. Anytime Giannis got inside the three-point line last night, that was, that was that. Middleton was actually cooking. For those of you who... I've been a little frustrated with Middleton. He's been leaving a little bit to be desired for you. You haven't really seen what you've wanted to see. Well, last night we saw it. The offense, the shot making, and in the fourth quarter he was unbelievable. He had 14 in the fourth quarter. He had more than Giannis, and Giannis almost scored 50 points. Brooke Lopez was outstanding in the fourth quarter last night as well. Three of three from beyond the three-point line. He had 11 points and, uh, well, was a bit of an enforcer towards the final buzzer. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Two things I want to talk about from last night. Two things, both things very much related to the Bucks' personality. And, and I think teams have personalities. I think they have dispositions. Right? I think that starts with their most vocal players, their best players. Right. So the Packers' personality, I think, is based around Rodgers. I think the Brewers' personality is based around uh, Corbin Burns, Christian Yelich. Baseball is maybe a tougher example because there are so many guys on a baseball roster. But basketball... The smallest roster of ours. There's only 14 guys. Giannis sets the tone. Drew Holiday sets the tone. Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, they all set the tone. They set the personality, the disposition for the team. The way that the team is wired, the way that they operate, the way they go about their business. And I know I bring this up a lot. I maybe sound a little bit like a broken record, but it's such a big part of why this Bucks team is great. So I got to keep bringing it up. First thing I noticed last night, 
related to the Bucks' personality. The Kings' largest lead of the game was 15 points. Now, you can go to ESPN.com or you can go to NBA.com and look at the box score and look at the stat sheet, and it'll say the Bucks' largest lead was blah, blah, blah. The Kings' largest lead was 15, right? I would also wager that the Kings got another lead out to 11, another lead out to 12. So it's not like they jumped out to this 15-point lead and they held it the whole game. They jumped out to a 15-point lead, Bucks made a run, then the Kings jumped out to another nice lead, right? They kept opening up these gaps on the Bucks, and the Bucks kept reeling them in. The Bucks could have let go of the rope last night. They, they could have. They're on a West Coast trip. The Kings crowd is nuts. It's the Kings year. They're very much having a year similar to what the Bucks did when Bud first got there, where everything's going your way. Everything's great. Vibes are tremendous. Crowd is awesome. Right? Sabonis, Fox, everything's working. The Bucks didn't need last night. They could have said, oh, screw this. We're not fighting this. We're not going to be in Phoenix tomorrow night. I'm not dealing with this. But the Bucks didn't let go of the rope. You know you can tell that a team is mentally strong. You can tell a team is, is resilient. You can tell they're wired the right way by a couple of stats. These are stats that I, I'm focusing on. These are things that I was thinking about today. What's a team's record when they've trailed by double digits at any point in the game? Even if it's in the first quarter. I want to know the record of a team in games where they've trailed by double digits. Now, it's probably not going to be great. Because if you're down double digits, that means you have to come back and, and win the game. But can you win sometimes when you're down by double digits? Every once in a while, can you win a game in which you fall behind by 10 or 11 points or more? That, to me, is a sign that a team is tough, mentally resilient, right? They're not easily, uh, they're not, they don't quit easily. They don't go away easily. Mature team, they fight for games, realize that games are long. Mentally tough. That is a really important stat. Last night was an example. Bucks at one point fell behind by 15, able to come back and win. That's an important stat. That's an important metric for me in gauging how a team is wired. And I think a lot of playoff success or failure is in how a team is wired. If you're mentally weak, if you're immature, if you're whiny, that typically comes out in the playoffs. When you have a bad game, Right? Can you bounce back the neck game? Because you're, you're not going to win every game in the playoffs. You can't let that one loss spiral into two. You can't let one bad performance spiral into two. If you don't get a whistle, you can't let that impact the game in the way that you play. If the opposing crowd is nuts, you can't let that ruin your game. To win in the playoffs, you need to be mentally strong. Bounce back from bad games, from bad moments, from frustrating moments, and remain in it, remain engaged for weeks on end because the playoffs are really long. So mental strength, resiliency, toughness. I think it's something the Bucks have in droves. We saw it last night, an example of when they're down by double digits, able to come back and win. Another metric that I think is really reflective of mental toughness, and it's a metric that I talked about with our friend Justin Garcia last night. He's on the Bucks radio network. He's at WTMJ, and I joined him on the Bucks pregame because he knows I'm a big Kings fan, <laughs> which he's always made fun of me for. Funny how when he needs some Kings talk, when he needs someone who watches the Kings, he comes calling my name. He comes calling my number. I love Justin. I'm just poking fun. He called me last night, and I went on the Bucks pregame with him, and we talked Bucks kings and then Bucks suns tonight. It's a game that I'm going to go to. And he mentioned teams' records when they've led by double digits and then blown that lead. So there's layers to this. Find games throughout the Bucks season where they've led by double digits or more and then blown that lead. The other team has come back from down double digits to either tie it or take the lead themselves. What's the Bucks' record in those games? 
The Bucs have the best record in the NBA in such games. What that tells me is the Bucs were good enough in these games to open up a double-digit lead, and then they had a bad quarter, or the other team got hot, right? And the game starts to spiral away, and all of a sudden the other team comes back, takes the lead, ties the game, we're thinking, oh, man, we blow this lead. We, we really stepped in it. We had a 12-point lead. We had a 15-point lead. We let it get away. But the Bucs don't crack in those moments. They've staved off the other team in so many of those moments. They have the best record in the NBA in games in which they've had a double-digit lead that they've blown. The Brooklyn Nets game the other night was a great example. What was that? Last Tuesday? They were cruising in the first half. And then in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, the Nets started to get a little hot. And, and you know, as fans, we feel it. We feel this dread. It's like, oh, man, are they really going to lose this game? They were up by 25, 23 points, whatever it was. But, no, the Bucks didn't freak out. They didn't feel what we as fans were feeling. They just buckled down and said, all right, got to execute. We got Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez on the floor, no Giannis. All right, where's the weak link? Where's Watanabe? All right, we're going to isolate him in the high post on Portis or on Lopez. We're going to hunt that matchup. Right, Coach Bud t- uh, drew up a couple of great out-of-timeout plays. So the Bucks executed great in a situation where they had the game in hand and let it slip away, and instead of collapsing, and instead of freaking out, they said, no, 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 we got this. We might have blown a lead, but we got it. These are a couple metrics I was thinking about today, both metrics that the Bucks are very good in. Games in which they've trailed by double digits, as they did last night, and games that they've had a double-digit lead that they've blown, and they were still able to hold on and win that game. They're best in the NBA in that metric. So all of these things, these pieces that we've seen, we saw it in the Kings game last night, we saw it in the Nets game, both of those things tell me that this Bucks team is a very mentally tough team, resilient. They're not rattled. They don't get freaked out. The other thing I noticed last night, this is thing number two. I'm sorry if I'm being confusing. I was really excited to talk about this, so I'm getting ahead of myself. I apologize. The other thing, of the two things that I wanted to discuss, the skirmish between Trey Lyles and Giannis and then Brooke Lopez. So if you didn't see the game last night, maybe you saw videos this morning, maybe you saw press conference clips. Giannis was dribbling the ball out. There was, I think, less than 10 seconds left. Giannis was dribbling, waiting for the clock to die. And 75% of Giannis was very harmless, very very innocuous, just dribbling the ball out. But there was 25, 20% of Giannis that dribbled in front of Trey Lyles in a way as if to say, eh, stick it. You had a big lead on us. We came into your building, a building where no one's winning this year, and we stole this game from you. Suck it. Very subtly. And Trey Lyles didn't like that. It's not like Giannis pushed him. Giannis didn't say anything, but he did a little something. And Trey Lyles lost his cool. Oh, I've never seen that before. We didn't see that in the Final Four with Josh Goster a couple of years ago. I know Badgers fans, your antennas were up last night. Trey Lyles lost his cool, shoved a two-time MVP, Finals MVP, you know, et cetera, and then Brooke Lopez came to Giannis's defense. As a Bucks fan... I want to say that Giannis did absolutely nothing wrong. And like I said, I think 75, 80% of it was fine. But there was a little, little, just a little percentage. 20, 25% of Giannis was like, suck it. When he dribbled in front of Lyles like that. And Giannis will do things like that. He'll do sneaky little things. Sneaky little subtle things. I, I don't want to say sneaky dirty because I think dirty is, is, a, is much too strong. That's not the right word. But he'll bang you off a screen. He'll jab you in the ribs. He makes opponents feel him. Subtle things to get under opponents' skin. Subtle things as if to say, F you. And mature teams play through that. Because I think there are a lot of players in the NBA who are 
subtle, sneaky antagonist. Give you a little elbow here, a little hip bump here, dribble in front of you at the end of the game as if to say, screw you, we just came in here and stole a game at your place. Giannis will do things like that. Mature teams play through it. Mature teams deal with it. And I'm not calling the Kings immature, but it's not like the Kings are this perennial contender that's played in big games, been in the spotlight, been in the postseason. And I thought last night was an example of a Bucks team that's very mature, very tough. There's a lot of F you. There's a lot of we don't care. And the Kings got a little rattled. Mike Brown brought it up in the postgame presser. De'Aaron Fox brought it up in the postgame presser. This is why I bring up the Boston Celtics. This is why I bring up the Sixers. I watched the Celtics, who, by the way, lost to the worst team in basketball last night. They lost to the Rockets. Jalen Green had 28 points on 29 shots. That's incredible. The Celtics lost to the worst team in basketball last night. The Bucs got a free game up in the standings in the chase for the one seed. I bring up Boston. I bring up Philly because I watch the Celtics. I watch the Sixers, and all they do is whine, 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 whine. Bitch, bitch, bitch. peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas. They're always chirping. They're always talking. Something's always bothering them. Something's always in their head. And come playoff time, teams like the Bucs, players like Giannis, feast, feast on that stuff. They see a player that can get annoyed. They see a player that can get frustrated. Giannis sees a player like Trey Lyles and says, oh, I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to poke the bear a little bit here because I know you won't, you won't deal with it well. You'll be bothered. You'll be frustrated. That's why maturity, right, calm, cool, collected teams who just go about their business, like the Bucks, have such a leg up against teams that don't. We saw a little bit of it against the Kings last night. It was a garbage time play, so it's not, it's not consequential in the result, but it's another example of how the Bucks are wired the right way and so many NBA teams aren't. Let's take a break. Three minutes. We're broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix, Flipside Pub and Grill, and Lacrosse Beer House, both in Lacrosse, making it happen this week. So we appreciate those two places. And if you listen on WKTY, maybe you live in Lacrosse on Alaska Holman, please go support those places. And I'm going to say this throughout the week: if you listen to Eau Claire on WAYY or you listen to the Zone in Madison, at some point you got to visit Lacrosse. State track is coming up in a few weeks. Right, so maybe you got a maybe you got a kid really motivate that son or daughter to really PR in the high jump. So you have a reason to come to lacrosse and watch them, of course, supportive parents, but also so you can support our sponsors, Lacrosse Beer House, Third and Pearl, right downtown, and Flipside on the north side, just across from Menards. We appreciate those two places. 608-796-2558 If you'd like to text or call the show, I also have the Streamyard up and running, and the link is on Twitter at Wisco Grant. It's easy, I promise. Just click the link. It'll put you in the chat room. I'll do the rest. Cone is here, same time as yesterday. Cone, I'm enjoying the digs of your home and native land out here. I'm watching the grounds crew go to work down here. This is great. You know, I got to give a lot of credit to the grounds crew. Uh, You know, back in my late high school, early college days, I usually spent the summer 
working around my hometown on ball diamonds and it, it really becomes a craft so just a lot of credit goes out to those guys it looks random what they're doing they're just pushing dirt and spraying water but it's not random i know there's an art to it i should get them on the show tomorrow you know forget council and forget the players because nothing they do matters if the grounds crew doesn't do their job correctly absolutely i think that'd be good kind of you know with the blue collar yeah Oh, I think that would be, you know, really good. That would actually be really funny. I might try to do that before the end of this week. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pin in that. I'm gonna write that down. So we were talking Bucks Kings. Badgers play in the NIL tonight as well, and then we have some Aaron Rodgers, not really Aaron Rodgers news, but some of his friends have been added to the Jets today. Lazard signed there. So what's your choice? What sports story is really getting you today? Well, if we could blend a little of the two, I love you know, that. between the Kings, Bucks, and Badgers. And it all kind of revolves around Trey Lyles. First, yes. I, can't, I can't even believe that guy's still in the NBA. I had no idea he was – I thought he was, you know, two, three years maybe and then out. But He's probably going to be in the league for a while because I, I watch a lot of the Kings, and he's like every other night he's like, oh, he's got nine points, 12 points. He'll have a quarter. He'll have a nice little – yeah, he's been around. Call, is Collie Stein still in the league? I'm going to look him up. Hold on, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> But, yeah, great Bucks win last night. Um, all the people freaking out about the Brooke Lopez, Lyles, Giannis, you know, fight, if you can even call it a fight. It's a little soft from Kings fans. You know, they, they might not know how to win. They don't know really how to be on the top stage with yeah. teams like the Bucks. So, you know, don't give them too hard of a time, but it, it, it is trash, and it's a, cl- it's a classless organization over there. Giannis did – He's not completely innocent in all of this. He did I, – look, I, I don't have my Bucks blinders on. He did po- – a little bit, just a little bit, little thing. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox was probably right at the end of the game. You know, Giannis could have just dribbled out the ball. Could have. He, he sought out some of that contact from Lyles. It was uh, a very – he came across as such a baby in that press. Like, De'Aaron Fox was calling out Giannis, but, like, he kept touching his head and he, like, wouldn't look directly. It was very, It was funny. And I was I watched the clip again when I woke up. Tony from Texas is here. You two know each other very well from Twitter Spaces uh, and, and online <laughs> hey, interactions. Hey, Tony. Is that my long is that my long lost son? Who is that? <laughs> you guys are both. I like being able to see faces when we do this instead of just. Yeah, how about I normally that? stare off into nothing and listen to voices on the phone. Well, it was good to see our Bucks beat your Kings, Grant. Justice well. was served. This is true. I didn't think they were going to do it, and that was a freebie because it's the first night of a back to back. Probably not everyone's going to play tonight, so they were in danger of going 0-3 in the last four or five days if they didn't come back and win that game last night. Well, full disclosure, I turned I turned it off because they were down by 13 and put on Vanderpump rules for an hour, and then I flipped back for the fourth quarter. And you caught the best part. Chris, yeah, Chris Middleton, I I, Chris Middleton finally, so up until last night, I was like, Middleton looks good. He's ramping up. He's getting to his spots. He's, he's taking Chris Middleton-like looks. They just weren't going in. Last night at one point in the game, I'm like, all right, buddy, some of these shots seem to start falling. Like, I, you look good. It's The process looks good. I need the results. We got the results last night. Is, right. is, is Middleton, right. who's more back, Middleton or Yelich? That's, uh, damn. Damn. I'm going to tweet out that Twitter poll, actually. That's a hey, good question. Uh, hey, Cohen, I got a question for you. I, I ranked the top five most important Bucks players. Give me your top five most important Bucks players, one Ooh. through five. Ooh. Yeah. One, Drew, two, Brooke, three, Chris, four, and five. I think you go a lot of ways. Coach Bud, five. Well, he's Ooh. not a player, but. I like that. I, I went Giannis, one. I went Brooke, two, Drew, three, Chris, four, Bobby, five. 
Yeah, five, you could put kind of any of those bench guys in there, I think. I think the fifth could depend on the night. I think the Bucs, you guys might agree with this, I think the Bucs are less dependent on Chris Middleton to hit shots this year. They still need his offense here. Like, they will need him to occasionally score 30. I don't think they need it every night, like maybe they did last year or the year before, because Drew is really figuring out his offense. He's always been great, but he's been better. And then Brooke as well. They need Chris's playmaking. Like, Tony, you coach basketball. Like, Chris just... The little things in the flow of the offense, getting the ball to a certain spot just a little bit faster than maybe Grayson Allen would. Like, it's those things that the Bucks really need from Chris, and that's what it's I've seen the last couple weeks. It's funny you mention that, Grant. I'm prepping for a Houston tournament, and we were talking about our team, and that's what I'm looking. I don't need guys that can just shoot. I want guys that can shoot, pass, mm-hmm. find the open man, high IQ. You know, Chris, for the most part, has all of that. I think he's a good passer. He's an underrated passer. And he's a good rebounder. Chris gets a lot of rebounds. The thing with Chris that he's not good at, and it's been brought up to everyone's attention, is he's not a good ball handler. No, he's not. <laughs> so that his dribbling is very high, kind of stiff, looks like an old man from the YMCA at times. A little bit. But he, he kind of reminds me of Joe Johnson in his later years. But, you know, when Chris gets to his spots, Take that, comp. that is an effective – that guy's 6'8", he's got long arms. He, mm-hmm. he will make that shot now he's got his sea legs underneath him. I like that. I like what I'm hearing from a from a successful AAU basketball coach, Tony in Texas. Okay, tournament in Houston this weekend. Give us the rundown before I let you guys go. Okay, I, I am playing some of the best in Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana. Nike sponsored tournament. Ooh. I am bringing down a squad. You're gonna have some potential D1 guys on my team this this year. Really. Yeah, I got a squad. I got a squad coming coming down here. It's so much fun. So I was talking to our friend Kurt Hogue, who covers the Brewers. He's uh, one of Cone's counterparts, a former, well, still a Badger, forever a Badger, but went to UW. And we were talking about Con Knuppel, uh, and I don't know where he goes. Cone, do you know? Do you guys know which high school he goes to again? Where does he go? Kettle Moraine. Kettle Moraine. Okay. And how how the <laughs> yeah, Badgers? Wasn't it Wisconsin Lutheran Cone? I think so. Why do I know more about Wisconsin hoops than the guys from Wisconsin? Well, I'm Catholic, so that's probably why this went over my head. So the Badgers apparently, maybe you guys know, the Badgers abandoned another recruit who's also very good to go all in on Con Knuppel because they play the same position. Kurt was telling me this. This could all be wrong. So if it's wrong, go tweet at Kurt Hogue. But is that a sound strategy for our Badgers? Do they need to cast a wider net, or are we now whale hunting? Are we going for the white whale? I think with guard, you got to go wide net. I I agree. Egypt was the recruit in the most recent class, and and you're on you're the Badgers offering walk-on scholarships to the likes of Carter Gilmore and Isaac Lindsay. I get those guys are putting in their time earning that, but if you can pull one of those scholarships and offer it to an up-and-coming incoming freshman that's a high-level recruit, I think that makes way more sense than you know rewarding some of those walk-ons. Yeah, hey, why don't they ever go any go after any like JUCO guys ever? academics I, cone you t- you could speak to that more than i could i mean this is such a cliche and i i hate giving this answer but the quote-unquote wisconsin way same thing with the packers not going after you know maybe neil brown or odell Cone, Black. who's favored to go to the final four right now out of the state uh, a certain team from milwaukee a catholic school i believe yeah marquette for sure marquette marquette uh, gold eagles and, and and they've been known to dip in that that junior college rankings yeah but they don't actually, have a way the have there's, there's of... no marquette way they don't have a way about what they do are you telling me that's a good thing i like that, that was, the badgers have a way that buzz williams way for sure well, how's that way working well work oh. for buzz yeah it's a way it's a way yeah 
Remember a couple years ago, I, I remember debating, I don't know if it was on this show or another show, I was you about the Cardinal way and whether or not the Brewers had a way. I'm trying to figure that out this week. Maybe that'll be another mission. I want to get a grounds crew guy on, and I want to figure out if there's a Brewers way. Maybe I can ask around on that in the locker room. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. The Brewers way. Get a bunch of good pitching and surround him with no hitting. <laughs> That's how we keep it exciting. I appreciate you yeah. guys. I got to take a break. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Talk to you guys. Oh, Peace. my God. See you guys. Yeah, Con Knuppel and uh, the Marquette Way. Plans for the NIT tonight. I should have asked him about that. Do we have plans for the NIT tournament? Vagabond John better Vagabond John better have plans for the NIT because he's been on this show, and I talked to Ebo this morning. He's been on Over the Line, our morning show as well, preaching the local economy and how the NIT is going to be good for the local economy. So, Vagabond John, I better not come to find out that you are watching at home tonight with a bottle of wine that you bought at Walmart or some other uh, national chain. Vagabond John better be out. He better be tipping well. He better be putting money in the jukebox. He better be buying local. You better be buying local booze. Uh, like, what's the uh, what's the distillery in Baraboo? Vagabond John, you better be all local tonight. We can put a, let's say, put a cap on Badgers and Bucks talk coming up next. I want to talk a little bit about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Not really an Aaron Rodgers situation today, but rather a situation with other players related to Aaron Rodgers. So we'll get to that coming up and some brewers at some point as well, because we're broadcasting live from spring training. We're at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House, Wisco Sports Show, back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills, broadcasting live, American Family Fields of Phoenix. You know what? I'm broadcasting back at the headquarters in Lacrosse. I always have a little fan in the studio because I just detest silence. I gotta sleep with some white noise at night, and in the moments during my show, in between words, like right here, when I pause in between sentences, like this right here, I don't like it to be silent. I like there to be a little. A little hum in the back, just a slight hum. And I don't have a fan here, but the grounds crew is going to work down there. The mowers, the rakes, there was a minor league game going on earlier today, which is great. I'm working up here in the booth, and I'm writing some thoughts down for the show and sending emails and plugging cords and you know, getting everything connected. And there's this little minor league game going on down there. So I'm watching hitting. Guy made a great play at second. I didn't know who he was. Didn't matter. It's just nice to have baseball on in the background. If you want to text the show, you can. 608-796-2558. This text says, will you have last night's show in a podcast? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get audio remotely from here. I should be able to figure it out one way or another because I really want to get these shows up in podcast form because they're fun. And even if people can't listen live, I, I want them to be able to at least catch some of it in podcast or catch up on it. We were just talking about the Bucks and the Kings a little bit. The Badgers and their NIT birth was also mentioned. And uh, here to answer the call is Vagabond John. Vagabond John, you better be going out for tonight's game, right? I assume you will be. I'm a little out of breath. You know, I heard I heard the call out. <laughs> I was about halfway through my normal after work drum routine. I like that. So I'm a little sweaty. And the answer is yes, I was playing drums. So I know. Pops doesn't come on until four. 
But you are you are going out tonight, I I presume. Are you going to your favorite place, the Red Shed? Uh, not going to the Red Shed, uh, but am going down to the old Blue Moon, uh, gotcha. mostly because they have pinball. And I'm a big pinball guy, so i got to support the local economy. Got a new Godfather's pinball game i got to try out. Uh, and what better way to do that than, uh, you know, experiencing a little Badger basketball as well. That a boy. So I loved your take. Your take was actually my favorite part of last night's show. You said the Badgers should go to the NIT, absolutely, because it helps the local economy and the local economy supports the school, I, the athletic department. I, I love it. I'm going to push back. I, this is the one thing that I think about the NIT, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off base. I feel like as soon as we start accepting the NIT as the norm, then it becomes the norm. And that's that's a little bit what I'm scared about here. Like, as soon as you become the guy who's willing to work on Saturdays, then you're always the guy that ends up working on Saturdays. So I'm okay going into the NIT as long as we're all very aware and very accepting that this is not okay. Like, do you yeah, agree with to me be there? clear, I am not fully on the let's bring Greg Gard back and run it all oh. back again train. So I think Greg Gard has a chance here to go out play a couple really good games to, you know, cool down his seat a little bit. Wait. I think his seat right now should be scorching hot. I'm kind of in between. If I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm Chris and I'm out at the final four with all the other athletic director or not, yeah, all the other athletic directors out there yep. and I'm a couple old fashions in, you know, if I'm Chris, I'm probably saying, yeah, we might be looking just to see what names people throw at me, you know, just to do my initial research you don't want to commit hard, but I think, you know, when you're out and about, I don't know where the Final Four is, I think in Houston this year, and you're with, you know, you're with the other elites from across the country, you know, so, say a couple things. So, so wait, 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 wait a minute. Am I reading this wrong? Is Greg Gard, are you telling me that Greg Gard is coaching for his job in the NIT tournament? Because this is something I've considered. Far. Well, no, let's go there. Let's talk about it, because I... I kind of figured this was just like a bowl game, like whatever. But are there are there stakes to this for the Badgers and for Greg Gard? Because if so, that's hilarious. Well, let's be clear. Where is the temperature at right now? And where is the temperature 24 hours from now if we lose to Bradley at home? It's mm, a good question. <laughs> if we lose to Bradley at home, uh, it's going to be, you know, marginally hotter, right? There's going to be some number of donors, some number of fan base. Uh, don't know what that number would be, right? Yeah. But if we have an embarrassing loss uh, as, you know, one of the first postseason games in March Madness, uh, even though it's not in the big tournament, there's still attention that's given to it, right? There's yeah. still, oh, wow, look at Wisconsin. They continue to downward spiral. Now, if that is true, then the opposite also is true, where if we go on a little run here and beat Michigan again oh. in the NIT championship – Yes, I think that does do a little bit to calm it. Now, I don't think it can fully swing the bar one way or the other. Although, I might be talking myself out of my own argument because if they lose to Bradley tonight at the Cole Center, I mean, I, I'm not, not going to say I will be fully on the fire, Greg Guard, but I'm really close. I'm leaning over the edge at that point of, of uh, the Greg Guard train. God bless America. So not to change topics, but... Someone just sent me a tweet uh, from the Pat McAfee show saying it's happening, but I'm blocked by the Pat McAfee show. So let me switch accounts really quick to one of my burners that I never use except for things like this. Uh, it says, be a friend, tell a friend. You were cordially invited tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Aaron Rodgers will be live. 
Oh. So we're getting Aaron Rodgers Wednesday? Why didn't they do it today? Well, because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, right? What's going on here? For those who can't see him doing like the ESPN guy. The windy. With his two fingers. Yeah. What's going on here? You can't have Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. If he's no longer a Packer, we're focused so on the NIT. The, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So no, if we no, move into the Jets, then it's going to be Aaron Rodgers Wednesday because that's how that works. I don't know where I'm going. So changing conferences, changing days. I thought you were going to say because he didn't want to be buried behind all the excitement for the Badgers playing Bradley, which I, I don't know if I would have agreed, but I would have loved the take. I, God, what's he going to announce? I've decided to accept a trade that the Pack. Like it's so weird. Like, the Packers want to trade him. The Jets want to trade for him. So now he needs to come on and announce that he's going to go along with what everyone is already basically doing. It's, I don't know, it's very bizarre. I mean, I'll be watching. 1 p.m. Eastern. What is that my time? That's noon central. 10 10 o'clock in the morning. Is Alan Lazard confirmed, by the way? Yeah, yeah, he signed. Yep. Imagine being Alan Lazard if Aaron Rodgers comes on tomorrow and decides to retire. Well, I mean, he got paid. He made, like, for a guy who was undrafted and did dirty work for a couple of years, like, I'm happy that he got paid. I think the situation in Green, or not in Green Bay, but in New York is kind of nice because he can maybe be the third guy and do some of the dirty work things behind Garrett Wilson. And I I just, this whole thing is bizarre. It it seems like this could have been resolved uh, days ago, hours ago, and we're just doing it because the Pat McAfee show needs the bump. Whatever. I'm not anti-Pat McAfee, even though they blocked me. I'm still a fan, but I, I would like to be unblocked. Yeah, I, I just don't, you know, what else is there to talk about right now? You're out in Arizona. We have spring ball. The Badgers suck, right? I guess we could talk about the women's hockey Frozen Four. That's exciting. That's exciting as well. Um, there, they, did you see Minnesota's tweet about it? I did not. Wisconsin upsets. I forgot who they beat to get there. But it was definitely a backhanded, you know, oh, we're playing Wisconsin next week after Wisconsin upsets this person when we all know if vegas set odds on that there's no way there's no way the badgers you know it's kind of funny uh so there's a little bit of twitter drama that we you know we could that's another topic of discussion the twitter drama between the minnesota women's hockey team and the wisconsin women's hockey team now the funny part is mm-hmm. they all play on the same team when the olympics come around <laughs> I, right? love how, I love how detailed you followed these things I, uh, I'm still excited to hear next week when I'm back in studio and we get a Dave from Monona call about the firing of Tony Granado because that's something we haven't heard from Dave yet. I'm assuming he's been calling the morning show. He should call Bill Michaels. That rant should be statewide because Dave's been calling for that head for years, although I guess we all like Tony. Respectfully, it had to happen, uh, but I am looking forward to that conversation with Dave from Monona. Vagabond John, i got to take a break. I'm going to let you yes, go. Sir. Enjoy your uh, night out on the town for the NIT tonight. We'll talk soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, Grant. Vagabond John, who was drumming, and he heard the call out. Yeah, you better be going out tonight. Support the local economy. You go support the local economy. I'm going to go support the local economy of downtown Phoenix. I think I'm going downtown. Where's the footprint center? You just hop on the 101 to the 202 and then the 10, and you just jump right out. It's somewhere near Camelback. I'm just saying things. I sound like a coastal elite, though. When you start referring to the highways as the 101, I'm glad that's something we don't do in Wisconsin. Yeah, I just took the 90 to Toma. Who would ever say that? Now, 90's not exactly glamorous, but have you been on the 202? Have you been on the 60 in Phoenix? Not a lot going on out there. So I'm going to the Bucks suns game tonight, uh, and I'm going to try to get in there early maybe boob around and 
find some NBA people. Maybe get some audio for the show tomorrow. Who knows? Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I tweeted out the StreamYard link if you want to join the show. I got some Brewers audio. Let's play that next. After all, we're live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and the Cross Beer House for making this all happen. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm psyching myself up here. I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of not. I got to get to Buck Suns after the show tonight, and the game's not until 7 local time. Whatever it is, I don't know if this is mountain or coast. They don't do daylight savings. I don't even really know what time it is. My laptop has one time. My phone says another time. I don't know what time it is. But from the time we say goodbye at the end of the show, I have 60 minutes to be at a specific door at the Footprint Center. I might have to sneeze. I interrupt my own story. I got to be there in less than an hour. And my phone says 20 minutes. I think there's going to be traffic. And gearing up. I'm going to have to tear the studio down quickly. We're set up at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Brewer Spring Training. There was a minor league game on today, which is fun. I think I'm going to go tomorrow night as a fan. They're playing at the Diamondback Stadium. And I don't know what it's called. They were Goodyear yesterday, which is the Reds. I caught on to that lingo around the bedroom. So I'm going to Goodyear, and I'm like, I know what that is. Googling what it is real quick. <laughs> tomorrow night, I think I'm just going to go as a fan. I'm going to hit the clubhouse tomorrow morning, see if I can get any players, any audio for the show. I might try to track down Bucks reporters that might be at the game early tonight. So fingers crossed, maybe you can get two birds stoned at once between the Brewers and the Bucks, get some audio for tomorrow's show. I have a clip of Craig Council from yesterday that I'd like to play. I don't know how to justify this clip. I don't know how to set this clip other than from a personal perspective, when I was sitting in the office with the Brewers beat, questions are being asked. We're all recording it, right? I I just found myself listening to counsel give this answer, and I laughed on the inside because it's the type of answer and it's the type of rant that I've heard counsel give a million times when I watch the press conferences, when I watch the post game on Valley Sports. It's like, oh, this is one of... Council's classic councilisms right here. So I think it was Kurt Hogue asked Craig, what role do you envision for Adrian Hauser this year? Is he going to be a long reliever, swing man? You can have him stretched out as a starter. What's the plan? And Craig responded, he said, my plan for Adrian is he's going he's gonna to pitch a lot of innings, get a lot of guys out for us, help us win games. And I'm like, okay, classic. And then he went on a rant about, making a plan for certain roles and how to use guys, and this is just peak counsel. So I just wanted to share it with you. I guess that's the only reason I'm playing is because it's awesome and I want to play it. So here you go. One of the season with this plan, and then the game starts, and you're like, hey, we need three outs here. Who's the best guy to get three outs? That's who you put in the game, you know? If he's the best guy to get three outs, and he's normally, but we've stretched him out for seven outs, I don't care. Who's the best guy to get three outs? Yeah. I want to win. Who's the best guy to get three outs? I want to win. It was cool being... In, in person and present for that. I was like, oh, I've heard this answer a million times. <laughs> we don't have specific roles. I believe the lingo yesterday was we're not going to anoint roles. And he basically said, look, you can make a plan to use Hauser all you want. You can make, when it comes to game time, who's the best guy to get three outs? I want to win. One of the season with this again. plan, and then the game starts, and you're like, 
hey, we need three outs here. Who's the best guy to get three outs? That's who you put in the game, you know? He's the best guy to get three outs, and he's normally, but we've stretched him out for seven outs. I don't care. Who's the best guy to get three outs? I want to win. Who's the best guy to get three outs? I want to win. We're going to put that on a bumper sticker. We still need to do Wisco Sports Show merch. Uh, I thought I found someone to maybe make some stickers couple of months ago guy didn't answer me i messaged him on instagram so we still look but maybe that's a sticker that needs to happen who's the best guy to get three outs i want to win and that's just <laughs> that's what craig abides by i've always loved craig council i love his approach to managing his pitching staff we talked about it yesterday using guys in relief roles versus starting roles stretching them out changing them back and forth from this role to that role i get a kick out of it and i think it's really smart and resourceful and I'm interested to see how he manages the staff. There's guys, there's seven could-be quality starters on this team between Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, Lauer, Hauser, Miley, Ashby. I could see any one of those seven having a great year. Obviously, a couple on the front end you expect to have a great year, but if Wade Miley pitched a lot of games, helped the Brewers win, would that surprise you? No, of course not. Aaron Ashby, I own a ton of stock, a lot of bounce-back stock year two stock in Aaron Ashby. So I'm looking forward to that. And Eric Lauer hit ups and downs last year. Adrian Hauser was, for all intents and purposes, really poor last year. I know there were injuries and there were other things going on, but he was terrible last year. Would it surprise you at all if he came back next year and was awesome? Of course not, because baseball is weird. I'm telling you, open your mind to these things, because baseball is so bizarre. I'm wanting to talk to Brandon Woodruff at some point this week about the way the Brewers handle their pitching, and I want to ask him, like, how are you just solid and consistent? How are you the same guy every year? Because that's anti-baseball to me, right? You have a good season, and then what happens? Everyone in your division, everyone in your league starts to get an eye for you, figure out what you do well, and then they adjust. Brandon Woodruff keeps cruising. Some of these guys, Corbin Burns keeps cruising. So I want to talk to some of these higher-level pitchers that have been able to maintain when Hauser and Lauer and Ashby and some other guys haven't been able to some good pieces and, and when it comes together i think we got a really good ball club we were fortunate enough to go four years there in a row and then you miss it by a game one year and it just it doesn't feel right this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports packers brewers baggers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills Just listening to Zach's update there, talking about the NIT tonight. I hadn't really thought about it. Okay, two days in a row, Vagabond John has really come in here and made me think about something a little differently. He's like, Greg Gard's seat is hot. You know, if they are bounced tonight, you know, what are we going to think? What are we going to do? And I said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you've established a hypothetical here. You've established stakes on a game. If they lose, we are assumedly, based on what Vagabond John said and what we talked about, we're going to be upset, right? be mad we're gonna think less of guard so in a way greg guard not coaching for his job but a greg guard legacy game tonight question mark is this a must win these are questions that until about a half hour ago when i talked to vagabond john i had uh not considered yet i'm not gonna watch tonight i'm gonna be at the bucks game but i'll be plugged in i'll be following and if this is a Greg Gard legacy game, you better believe I'll be ready to talk about it tomorrow when the Wisco Sports Show starts. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day. We've been talking about Bucks Kings, talked a little bit about the Brewers. We're broadcasting live here at spring training, so we're going to talk about the Brewers at least a little bit every day. 
would feel wrong not to. You can text the show, 608-796-2558, and you can join the StreamYard. I tweeted out a link, at Wisco Grant. Uh, I can use this phrase literally. We use this expression a lot kind of as a, as a saying, as an expression, but I can say it literally in this sense. Matt from Cross Plains has entered the chat. He's jumped in the StreamYard. Matt, what's going on? Well, you know, you had a good reason to miss the golf outing, I guess. I didn't even realize you were going out to uh, Arizona. Well, Where's I, your palm trees? Are there you, palm trees out there? Oh, yeah, I can see a couple palm trees right now. I can see the mountains. The grounds crew is uh, is hard at work. The golf outing, I, I heard, was a success. I heard Dave from Monona outdrove Ben Kenny, but I heard there was some controversy. Uh, I didn't see the controversy. I was okay. too busy uh, drink, drinking. So, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> You, you, what do you mean? You, the, the whole point of your day, the whole point of you going wasn't to watch Dave from Monona and Ben Kenny have a, a drive-off? What are you talking about? You had a good time and did other things? Oh, oh yeah. He, he couldn't see me, you know. So, But the, oh. the only thing I took from, from the day is I do not like virtual golf, and Ebo and I need to work on our handshake. That's all, that's all I heard. So. Uh, it's good things to take away from a golf outing. So are you excited for the NIT tonight? Is this a, is this a legacy game for Greg Gard? Yeah, I was excited. I tried to get a whole bunch of people to go, and uh, amazingly, shockingly, nobody took me up on my offer, so I guess I'm not going to go. Do you think... I'll just watch it on TV like everybody else. Is, is it fair to say there will be a postseason atmosphere tonight? How do, we, how do we deal with this? How do we approach this? The crowd should be better than, say, a normal regular season game, right? I, but I could also see a situation where it would be yeah. worse. This is bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I really do not know. That's kind of why I wanted to go. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong for twenty five dollar tickets in the section one hundred, you know, or that area. You should so go. Are, then go if you know. want to go. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if they win, I'll go on Sunday for sure. All right, because it'll probably be against Villanova, so that'll be fun. I like that. Well, I don't know if you saw today, but Alan Lazard has signed with the New York Jets, and I guess the reporting is from Diana Rossini. That he also wants Cobb, he wants Mercedes Lewis, and he wants Odell. He wants everybody. And I'm not really sure what to do with this. Because on one hand, I can't blame him. He's old, probably doesn't want to new, learn a new system. He wants some guys he's familiar with. But, I, 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 yeah, I guess I don't know what to do with this. What's your read on this, Matt? That's a good thing that, uh, you know, we uh, extended Aaron Jones as yeah. I mean, this is just showing that he's going to the Jets. I guess. I mean, I don't know why they would why they would do that. I mean, why are they going to be Green Bay Packers East? You know, I'm not sure. This uh, this to me is is saying that Rogers would I'm, ideally I'm, I'm just. Moving, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. You're moving on. This to me is Rogers saying, "Well, if the Packers won't have me back, then I'm just going to make the Packers somewhere else." Like he doesn't want to go start a whole new thing, but if he has to, he wants to do it with some of his buddies and some guys that actually knows the way that he plays and familiar with what he does, which I, I guess I get a little bit. He doesn't want to retire, right? He wants that money, but yeah, the Packers yeah, aren't sure, letting him stay. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Jets have some talented uh, skill position players, do they not? I mean, I, I don't know their roster too well, but uh, well, I was pretty sure that, you know, they don't probably need his guys. And, yeah. You know, Rodgers Rogers will just make their guys better, but, you know, I don't know. Garrett Wilson. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Garrett, yeah, Garrett Wilson, Wilson was offensive sure. rookie of the year, and I know they got. Do they still have the Tyler Conklin? Back was manifesting far. Yeah. Brees Hall. Yeah. I mean, Matt, uh, Brees, uh, yeah, a couple of those guys. I, I like Lazard as a depth piece. The yeah. problem is for 
too much of this season the Packers tried to have him or needed him as a number one guy. So I like that Lazar got paid. I'm super happy for him. I, I just, so if he, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to the Bucks game, though? Yeah, I am. Did, is it, did your girlfriend send you some, uh, like, sunglasses that block all the uh, beautiful Arizona women out of your sight, though? Yeah, or that's... is she with you? Is, is that... No, yeah. she's not here. Do you think there's going to be a lot of beautiful women at the Suns game tonight on a Tuesday night? Is that what I should expect? <laughs> well, well, my former roommate, and I don't want to name drop, but my former Do roommate, uh, ESPN uh, anchor Matt Berry... B-A-R-R-I-E, that Matt Barry. Uh, he went to ASU, and he said, yeah, you should have went to ASU, Matt. That's what he told me. Well, I'm not going. It's said, ASU's said, in why? Tempe. I'm sure there are a lot of beautiful women around Tempe. I'm not I'm not going to sure, ASU sure. tonight. Unless well, you want to meet me there. Tempe. Like, do you want to do, well, do an outing? Well, I'll meet you there. I'd have to get the, I'd have to get the, uh, the uh, Woody Johnson private jet to take me there. Let me get some approval from the missus. No, I got gotcha. you. I'm excited. I've never been to – I've been to the Target Center. I've been to United Center, but I've never been to a road Bucks game, so I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Did you bring a Bucks jersey at least? or what you, I brought a hoodie, which seems like a mistake yeah. because it's very warm here. <laughs> but I'll, I'll push through yeah. it. I'm cosplaying a baseball reporter today. I have a button-up shirt. Uh, it's it's not flannel, but it's got a like a plaid pattern, and I got my lanyard on. I was standing along the railing, you know, oh, good swing, healthy swing, you know, just saying baseball scout things. I'm doing my best to fit in, Matt. That's excellent. Yeah. You have to fit in when you go somewhere. That's the best. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Thank you, Matt. All right, well, good luck tonight. Bring the Bucks a win, all right? Yeah, I appreciate it. Have a good one. Matt from Cross Plains, an outstanding caller of the show, and today was able to migrate over to StreamYard. We don't have the phone here, but I tweeted out, the StreamYard link at Wisco Grant on Twitter. So to explain it very simply, if you're on Twitter at all, you don't even need any followers. You don't you don't need to explain or understand how Twitter works. Just go find my Twitter page. I tweeted a link. Click the link. That's all you got to do. That'll shoot you into a chat room, and then I'll click a button, and then all of a sudden we're talking. It's super easy. Um, and I'm apologizing, and I know some of our callers probably don't want to do that, and I get it. We'll talk next week, and you can always text the show. 608-796-2558. I got a tweet here from John. Oh, an Eau Claire North guy. Got the Huskies picture. I like that. He says, couldn't win in Green Bay. Does he expect to win in New York? That's the that thing. And I don't want to go out of my way to rip Aaron Rodgers today because I feel like that's what everybody's doing. Everyone's like, well, right, you know, making fun of him and his darkness retreats and this, that, and the other thing. And the Packers don't want you anymore. And you're dragging this out. And it's easy to bang on Rodgers right now. It's low-hanging fruit. I want to strive for the, the medium-hanging fruit. Like, still easy to grab, but not as easy. I don't want the high-hanging fruit. That's too, that's too hard. That's too much. I get Rodgers a little bit. I think Rodgers would like to stay with the Packers. I think if Rodgers could have his first choice, he'd stay in Green Bay. And Jordan Love never would have been drafted. And he could have said goodbye to the Packers on his own terms. But the Packers have made it very clear. Mark Murphy, weirdly, explicitly clear at the Girls' State Tournament, we don't want you back. You're not our plan A. If everything goes according to plan and if things work out the way that we want, you will not be here. Rogers is saying, well, I guess if I can't have the Packers here, I'll take the Packers somewhere else. Take my buddy Randall Cobb. Take my guy Alan Lazard. Take my guy Mercedes Lewis. I get that. I understand that. He did not want to leave Green Bay, I don't think. 
If you wanted to leave Green Bay so bad, he would have done it years ago. He would have done it in the summer of 2021 when he came back to training camp all full of piss and vinegar and whining about how it's the people that make this place and we need to treat people better and Jake Kumaro, blah, 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 blah. If he wanted to leave Green Bay so bad and he really wanted to go somewhere else, he would have done it already. I think his dream scenario and what Rodgers really would have liked to do was retire a Packer on his timeline and his terms. And the Packers didn't seem too intent on that, so he's doing the next best thing, which is taking all of his favorite teammates from the Packers and going to the one team that's interested in having him, the New York Jets. That I get. I understand that. I don't understand why Rodgers thinks it's going to be a winning formula, right? I went back and I found the quote from his end-of-the-season press conference, or close to it. Uh, It was in Rich Semini's piece at ESPN today. I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to find the quote. Okay, Rodgers has spoken highly of Lewis. Okay, this is on the McAfee show. This wasn't in a press conference. Okay, so the quote is, quote, A guy like Mercedes Lewis, he's an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with. If I'm playing, I want that guy next to me. I want the Randall Cobbs of the world, if he wants to keep playing, in my locker room. Guys you can win it with. Al Lazard, Bobby Tunyon, David Bakhtiari. There's lots of interesting names that we'll see if there's a desire to resign certain guys that are glue guys in the locker room. That's an interesting conversation we had. So of all that clip, I, I get it. He's got a lot of experience with Cobb. He's played with Lazard and Tunyon, and he likes all these guys. He says, guys you can win it with. That's the part of his thought process, and that's the part of this particular quote that I don't get. It hasn't been good enough. Rogers, you're going to be 40 in December next year, my guy. You're old. You can't rely on an old tight end and a wide receiver that's limited. I really like Alan Lazard, but he's limited. Randall Cobb is old and limited. If you want to play with your buddies, okay. But don't tell me that I need these guys so I can win. Man, it hasn't worked, and it's not going to get easier. It's not going to work better as you get older. You need to guys get it younger around you to help support you, to help do some of the work for you. And that doesn't seem to be uh, what he's about. Let's go to the stream yard. Drew, are you there? It says Drew near Hilldale, which I love. Drew, can you hear me okay? Testing, testing. Drew, I'm just going to leave you potted up. So if you can't talk for a second... Or you figure out, oh, there you go. You unmuted. Drew, are you there? I heard you. Drew? Grant. There you are. What's going on, Drew? Welcome. <laughs> hey, I think UW campus is on spring break this week. UW? Oh, the Badgers. I think you're right. Doesn't That doesn't bode well. My brother goes there. He's on spring break. I didn't even put two and two together. I talked to my mom last night. My brother's going to be home. Wait. So Matt from Cross Plains, we need Matt to go now more than ever. Matt, if you're still listening, get a ticket and go. Oh, spring. Oh, because when when is the Kohl's Center at its worst, Drew? It's over Christmas break. It's over the holiday break in between semesters, right? Ooh. Yes, sir. Maybe. people. Maybe all the old folks, maybe they'll really show up for the NIT, though, for some weird reason, because it's postseason. Maybe they'll flip a switch. You think, as as Dave from Monona says, the blue hairs, you think the blue hairs can flip a switch? Wouldn't that be nice? I'm not going to bet on it, though. So what stock are you putting into tonight? It's the NIT. It's postseason basketball, but it's different than what you're used to. If they lose tonight. What are you going to think? Are you going to take this seriously and think that there should be consequences? Like, what kind of stock are you putting into these games? 
I don't have a lot of it in it. I, quite frankly, I'm just a little bit nervous on the, the players kind of absorbing that negative energy that comes with uh, a, a tournament that isn't the big dance. Yeah, that's true. I would have been okay with them declining it. I know I might be in the minority. I, I get where Vagabond John is coming from. You don't turn down an opportunity to play basketball. Totally get it. It's good for the city. It's good for the campus. I also think that once you start to accept your reality, it becomes your reality, right? So if you start to accept the NIT, who's to say next year? Like, I, I don't want to keep ending up in the NIT. If this is a, a pit stop and an anomaly, great. But I, I don't want the NIT to all of a sudden be an acceptable outcome for this team. And I know that's not – Greg Gard would shoot that down and say, don't worry, that's not happening. But these are things I worry about, Drew. Right on, Grant. I got to go, sir. Have yourself a good night. You as well, Drew. Thanks for popping in, and thanks for pointing out that it's spring break this week. That might make the equation a little interesting. I am off of the crowd noise at the Kohl's Center conversation. I, I've dropped it. It's casual talk. I dipped my toe in it, and it was – you know, it was combative. It was interesting. It was provocative. But I've I've moved on. I, I don't know. Tonight might be interesting, though, with students out and it's the NIT. Is this game supposed to be more rowdy than a Saturday afternoon game or Sunday afternoon game against Michigan? I can't imagine it will be. Does the Bradley contingent travel well? I don't know. Who knows? They'll talk about it on Kenny and Heilpern tonight. I just saw Ben's tweet. Current college football coaching tiers on tonight's Kenny and Heilbrunn and a lot more. Welcome to March when Wisconsin plays in the NIT. Someone make the always sunny title screenshot at the at the beginning of the episode of the black screen with the letters that say the one where the or, or no, the the boys play in the NIT. The one would be that would be friends. Yeah, somebody make that screen cap. The boys play in the NIT. That's tonight episode of Wisconsin basketball. And tonight's episode of Kenny and Heilbrunn coming up in 45 minutes or so. You can tweet the show at Wisco Grant. You can text me 608-796-2558. Let's read a couple of Rogers texts here. Let's see. Big T says, just top down the radio, so sorry if you already said this, but will you be in surprise for the Friday game against the Rangers? I'm heading to Arizona tomorrow. Surprise is West Side? I don't know. The Brewers game is going to cover up our show on Friday, so we're not going to have a show on Friday. I feel like maybe I should go to that game, Big T. We'll, we'll, we'll reconnect at some point, later tonight or tomorrow, and, and we'll get that nailed down. I think I, I think I might. Robin Stoddard says, also, will the WIA have Mark Murphy on for Boys State to drop another nugget? That's a good question. Have the WIA officials reached out to Mark Murphy? Does anyone know Travis Wilson? Get Travis Wilson to send him a, a message. Travis Wilson can be the spokesman for the, for the WIA men's tournament. Uh, Mike in Colorado says, Grant, the audio sounds fantastic. You and the callers. The the audio in the stream yard is great. We need to keep this going even when we're back in studio. I know. I, and I, I wish we also had the phones because I think there some of our callers just aren't going to mess with stream yard, which I get. This texter says, I'm sad to see Rodgers go, but I'm okay with it. If the Jets do really well and the Packers really suck, I won't have any faith in Goody or Lafleur and pray for the day they're gone. The reaction from Packers fans to whatever happens next year assuming this trade goes down, it's going to be really interesting. I want to revisit this text in a couple of minutes. Uh, it says, so one year ago today, 12 signed the big three-year contract, and at the time it was a love fest. So what happened in the last 12 months? What changed, especially from the Packer front office perspective, who are driving this? Well, we talked about this last week, and it was reported by Mike Silver that Rodgers basically checked out on the Packers once he got that deal, or at least that's how the Packers felt. 
which in the end is what matters because it's the Packers who are making the decision on who's the quarterback moving forward. But that's what was reported when Rodgers was given that contract. He checked out on the Packers. He was uninvolved. He wasn't showing up to things. He wasn't responsive. I don't know if they were trying to call him and he didn't answer. I don't know what the situation was. But that's how the Packers felt. And in the end, that's what matters. Rodgers would probably say something along the lines of, Maya Angelou once said, people forget, well, what you say and what you do, but they'll remember how you made them feel. I probably botched that, but it's something similar to that. I don't think the Packers were were led to feel very good after Rodgers got that deal. I, I think, and we talked about this last week again, I think that the Packers gave Aaron Rodgers that contract a very unteam friendly contract with the hopes that it would get more buy-in from Rodgers, more committal. I think the Packers saw it as their way of saying, we are committed to you. We want you here. We drafted Jordan Love, but he hasn't shown us anything amazing. You're our guy. Here's this big deal. We're going to hamstring ourselves for you. We're all in. And I think that they wanted Rodgers to reciprocate in some way, and that did not happen. Or at least the Packers didn't feel that it happened, which again is what matters. So I think to answer this texture, and I don't have your name, I'll text you back over the break. Maybe I'll get your name. Uh, but I, I think that's what happened in the last calendar years. Rodgers got that extension, and then the Packers did not get the results that they wanted from that extension. Let's take a three-minute break. We're broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll be back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills it's about this time every tuesday that this show becomes the uh kenny and heilprin pregame show i'm looking at ben's tweets right now tonight on kenny and heilprin current college football coaching tears i love doing tears for just about anything and he followed up that tweet also asking where does bradley rank amongst colleges named after people's first names hmm I'm going to think about that on my drive home. Men love talking about names of colleges and where the colleges are this time of year. Women, maybe you understand it. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm going to guess that women don't understand it. If you get a group of men together during March Madness, they'll 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 start to say things like, do you guys know where Bradley is? And one of them will be like, oh, I remember I looked it up last year because we did. Right? We always do this. There's a couple of schools uh where's one that xavier like everyone i remember always trying to remember where's xavier again and there's a bunch of schools like this very few come to mind right now because the tournament hasn't started i haven't done my bracket yet but as soon as i start my bracket and as soon as we get into the tournament men you know exactly what i'm talking about that becomes the game that we play men have very weird games that we play and weird sports conversations that we have one thing that i love to do with my friends is to sit around and just name old brewers it's a blast. It's an absolute blast. It's so much fun. Hey, remember, uh, we've done this so many times. Remember Jason Kendall? Oh, yeah, I remember him. God, what a mean-looking bastard he was. Oh, remember Mike Cameron? Yeah, big sunglasses. Guys will entertain themselves for hours with this. They will also, during March Madness, talk about names of schools and where those schools are. Obviously, you know, like Utah. We know that's in Utah, but Xavier 
Who knows where Xavier is? And there's always one guy in the group. It's just a big one-upping contest. It's very fun, and I look forward to getting together with some of my guy friends and participating in the next couple of days. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to text the show, unfortunately, we don't have a phone out here, but I do have a StreamYard chat room going. So if you want to join the link, all it is is one click, and you'll be thrown into the chat room, and we can see each other, and it's super easy. I promise. It's one click. I tweeted out the link at Wisco Grant on Twitter. Vagabond John says Bradley is an all-time bad first name. Very different than Brad. Is it? I feel like Brad, Brad is the male Karen, where we've memed Karen into, like, a certain person who yells at the, the person working at the counter, right? Karen is the type of woman who wants to speak to the manager all the time. I feel like Brad and Chad, they're different sides of the same coin, are the guys, you know, we all know a Brad. We all know a Chad. A Bradley, well, that's much more formal, right? I can take that guy seriously. At first blush, I can't take a man named Brad seriously. Nothing personal against Brad. It's just what our culture has done to the name Brad and to the name Chad. Same with Karen. There might be a Karen listening right now. She's probably saying, yeah, it sucks. It's, r- it's rough for us out here right now. It's getting better. I haven't seen as many Karen memes recently, but the short haircut, yelling at the manager, th- that's a Karen. And we as a society have decided to meme that. And it's the same with Brads and Chads, you know, college frat boys. Brad Lee, well, that's someone who could organize my mortgage. Like, that's someone I, I'd let that man clean my teeth. Bradley, I'd let him do my taxes. I would never let a man named Brad do my taxes. Unless I met them first and, and had an opportunity to shoot down all the misnotions and the, the misnomers that come with the name Brad. I don't think misnotion is a word. John from South Eau Claire says, is there going to be a Wisco Sports Show bracket pool? How about this? How about one of you make the bracket pool and then I'll just join it? I don't want to be in charge of it. That's a lot of. I, I had a friend text me today. He's like, hey, we should do fantasy baseball this summer. I don't want to do that. I love the NBA. I watch the NBA every night. I'm in a fantasy basketball league. It's basically my way of lighting $50 on fire every year. I watch, I cannot explain this enough to you. I watch the NBA every night. You would think, Grant, why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to play fantasy every night to accompany that? I don't know. I just I don't. I just don't. I like fantasy football. It's once a week. I'm in one or two leagues. That's it. I don't know. The brackets used to do it for me. They don't do it for me. This is. I know this is so un-American. Like, everyone fills out a bracket. I just, I, I get nothing more from the experience of filling out a bracket. I could just pretend. I could just lie. Here's what I'll do. Uh, well, I'll come on the air next Monday after we've been through the, the first round of the NCAA tournament. I say, hey, my bracket's busted. <laughs> oh, man. That win by that team, oh, my bracket's all sorts of turned around. I, I can go through the charade of, of being a bracket guy without taking the effort to fill out a bracket. I think that's what I'm going to do. So, John from South Eau Claire, I, I apologize. I, I don't know that we'll have a bracket pool this year. I apologize about that. Thank you for the text, 608 seven nine six two five five eight just reacting to river city mark's text and i'll read it again if you just joined the show he said so one year ago today aaron Rodgers signed the big three-year contract and at the time it was a love fest and he means that a love fest of rogers not a fest of jordan love so what happened in the last 12 months and what changed especially from the packer front office perspective they're driving this it's a very good question i think this is all speculation. This is what I said last week, and I, I think this is the most likely answer. If a Packer beat reporter was sitting here or Brian Gutekinds was sitting here and I had to try to take my best guess at what happened, 
I think Rodgers was noncommittable about his future, and he probably cited, well, you guys drafted Jordan Love. You guys don't even know about your future. And they said, look, we'll give you this big deal. We're tied to you. We want you to be here. And I think the Packers, in handing out that contract, expected a contract of sorts in return. They wanted reciprocation. They wanted buy-in. They didn't get it. I think that's what went wrong. I think that was the issue. And we we talked about this last week. I don't know what the Packers were expecting that they didn't get. And if I could give Brian Gutekinds a truth pill and I could know the answer to something related to the Packers franchise, that's what I would ask. I'd set down a whiteboard and I'd say, okay, Goody, when you signed that deal, what did you want? What did you expect? And he'd say, well, I wanted to get this from Rodgers and this and that. And then then, then I want to go down those and say, okay, what didn't you get? Because if you signed that deal with the with the 100% expectation in your mind, he's coming to OTAs. Well, that was a stupid thing to do. It was a stupid thing. Like, Favre didn't even come to training camp at the end. A lot of older quarterbacks don't. They work out on their own. They do other things. So if that $50 million a year deal was a great idea, but only if he came to OTAs, well, then it was a stupid idea. Right? I want to know what the Packers expected from Rodgers in the last year that they did not get. What was missing? What did Rodgers not do that they wanted? Did he not answer their calls? Did he not answer their texts in the offseason? Did they have questions they wanted answered and Rodgers wouldn't play the game with them? Did they want him to be in Green Bay? Did they want him to meet the rookies earlier? Maybe get together in the offseason with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samari Toure? No, I will not forget about Samari Toure. He's part of their big three. They're big three young wide receivers moving forward in the same way, in the same way that Mario Chalmers was the fourth member of the big four of the Miami Heat, which is one of my all-time favorite bits. If you watch Game of Zones, there's like two people who are listening right now that know what I'm talking about. I think it was episode one of one of the seasons of Game of Zones when Mario Chalmers is reminiscing about his time in Miami, and he's like, it was so great. The big four. It's like, no, it was... It was never that. Although I love Mario Chalmers. I like Norris Cole, too, while we're going on the record. But I, I like Samari Toure. I like this full, to bring this full circle. I like Samari Toure. I like Christian Watts. I like Romeo Dobbs. Did the Packers have some sort of expectation that Rodgers would meet up with them in the offseason, even just for two days, to go over some things? Was it their expect, expectation they'd be at OTAs? I just I, I can't imagine their expectations were high. Did they expect Rodgers to be a changed man after that deal? I would say that they expected poorly. They expected stupidly, if that were the case. They need to know Rodgers, and they need to know what they're dealing with a little bit. Right? It's like sending money to a, a, a prince in, in Africa who's been detained. It's like, well, here's a million bucks. I hope he doesn't job me. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, here's a $50 million contract. I hope you're involved in the offseason program. <laughs> Equal investments. They're about the same. I want to know what they expected from Rodgers that they didn't get. It keeps me up at night. A lot of things keep me up at night. Robin Stoddard says, you remember players like Damian Miller from West Salem, Jim Henderson, Manny Parra, and Jerome, Jeremy Burnett. I always loved, it's a bit that I have with my dad. I always loved the way that uh, Bob Euchre would really dig in when he'd say Manny Parra. Manny Parra. Like, he'd just, he'd give it. I liked Manny Parra. He sucked mostly, but he had some nice moments. That's, by the way, write that on the Brewers' tombstone. If they leave Milwaukee and there's a statue commemorating that they were once in Milwaukee, that's what you can write. They sucked mostly, but they had some fun moments. Rock and Rick says, maybe beat the Lions once in the last three meetings. Yeah. That's tough. They had some bad moments. This season, Rock and Rick, 
the timing sucked because Rodgers had some nice moments, but when he would make his best throws, the wide receiver would drop it, right? Or the protection wouldn't hold up. And then when Rodgers had a chance to make a good throw, he'd botch it. He'd mess it up. He'd miss, even if it was because of his thumb. Even if, like, it doesn't matter. The extenuating circumstances don't matter. It's March 14th of the next year. It's Pi Day, by the way. Happy Pi Day. The timing was terrible. The Lions games were good examples. Right? In the first Lions game, they kept getting down on the goal line, and then Rodgers would make a turd of a throw. I go, great. It's bad timing. David Monona says, men do not sit around talking about old Milwaukee players. Uh, most men talk about women. Uh, and listening to that loser, I destroyed all of the Miami Heat. Oh, you didn't like Mario Chalmers? I didn't know that you had an opinion on Mario Chalmers, Dave. Dave, men totally say, I, I tell you this all the time. Dave, I actually uh, agree. Dave, I enjoy you, first of all. I, I enjoy being around you. I think sometimes you don't do yourself many favors by the way that you present yourself. I, I actually get a kick out of a lot of your takes. I think you're on par with a lot of your takes. This is a bad take by you. You have a take that Giannis isn't focused on basketball. He's too focused on making babies. That's a bad take. The take that men don't sit around talking about Brewers players, that's all men do. What are you talking about? This is a miss, Dave. You have misses, and I'll, I'll tell you when you... I'm here to call balls and strikes. This is this is a ball. This is uh, not just a bit outside. This is way outside. Q has joined the stream yard. Q, are you there? Grant, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear. What's going on, Q? I am so excited for you going to the Suns-Bucks game tonight. Um, can you do me a favor? I can. Can you track down the guy that counts the $100 bills and... Uh, either slap or punch him in the face <laughs> i was on our morning show this morning uh with evo and evo asked me if i brought a bunch of hundreds to that bit and i was like i got like three 20s that i got at quick trip because <laughs> i i have this fear that i'm going to get somewhere far away from my home and then all of my debit and credit cards are just going to stop working so i always get a little cash my way out of town uh so i could i could page through like 320 i got like 60 bucks i could page through that but that's about the best i can do no, here's the move. You stop at a grocery store and you buy a pack of craft singles and you start Ooh. counting singles All right. in the air. That's the Wisconsin way to go about it. I can respect that. Yeah. All right. So are you going as a member of the media or a fan? I'm going as a fan. But okay. uh, I got tickets through, his name is Joel, and he runs Arizona baseball tours out of Rochester. So he, like, takes people on spring training trips, and he listens to the show, and he's like, hey, I got an extra ticket, so I'm meeting him down there. And uh, we have passes for shoot-around, I believe, like courtside passes. You can go down and watch shoot-around. And I'm not going as a member of the media, but I am hoping to see Eric name. And if I see him, I'm going to go up and say, hey, Eric, you, you man, you, uh, please come on my show. He did once a long time ago. <laughs> I love Eric, but I, I'm hoping to maybe see him, and maybe I'll ask him a question or two and try to get some audio for the show. Or I'll read the room and leave him alone based on the situation. I don't know. I, I feel like we're very lucky to have Eric covering the Bucks because he, he does some really quality work. And um, I would not subscribe for The Athletic if it wasn't for him. So That's a good take. He's a huge part of it. I subscribe to The Athletic mostly out of guilt because I feel like if I'm going to do this job, I should just read a certain amount every day. So I just – there, The Athletic, that's the one thing I pay for. I guess I pay for a couple of sub stacks and things. But, yeah, Eric's the best. And if, and if you're a diehard Bucks fan – it's it's like the soundtrack to the Bucks season. Like you watch the game, wow, great game. Let's go read Eric Name's piece, and he always adds something to the experience. I, I'm a big fan of his work, and I'll tell him that tonight. Or if he's got a certain look on his face, I'll just steer clear and go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, good luck. I hopefully you run into him. I ran into him at the Nomad uh, 
during the World Cup. But other than that, I've never met him. Friendly so. guy? Did you say hello? Oh, I was, yeah, Bart pointed him out. So I just said hi oh, and gotcha. told him I appreciated his work. So, And he didn't anyways, say, screw I, you, leave me alone? It was genuinely <laughs> friendly? Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I still, like, all this Rogers talk and all the – uncertainty and flip-flopping that this organization has done with them mm-hmm. to me all signs point to Gudikins and he just doesn't know what he's doing and like mm. the I would rather him be all in in one direction or the other because then at least we're not flip-flopping with every seemingly every other season we we change our minds on Rodgers so I, I cannot wait for this to be done and I hope Goody doesn't screw it up royally because hmm. it seems like every other thing that he does is good or bad. And so, it's always an extreme. So I, I love a, a good front office calling. I love going after a front office. Don't get me wrong. I, I guess my, my response to you, I, I would say Goody tried to go all in on Rodgers with this $50 million a year contract, Right. And they didn't get what they wanted in return. I think the Packers, and this was reported as much as two or three weeks ago, right, Q? That if Rodgers came to the Packers and said, look, I'm all in. I'm willing to show up to everything. I'm willing to do everything that it takes to contend that they would keep him. We read that. That was reported explicitly by, I think it was Michael Silver. And there was another one I can't remember at the time. But it's been, like, widely reported that if the Packers heard what they wanted from Rodgers and got what they wanted from Rodgers, then they would have no problem keeping him even at this number. And that's why I keep asking and wondering, what did they expect and what did they want from Rodgers that they didn't get? That's what, what was he lacking in the last year? Okay, so he didn't come to OTAs. There's no way the Packers were expecting him to come to OTAs, right? So what else did they want that they didn't get from Rodgers? That's what keeps me up at night. So what keeps me up at night is somebody who spends $60 million in one year mm-hmm. without doing their proper due diligence. Like... Mm-hmm. He has to be a complete moron to not just, like, what are you hoping to get? No, you have a firm commitment, and you don't, like, hope in one hand and poop in the other and see which fills up yes, first. Yes, yes. It's always going to be poop. So, <laughs> so and I, we're building something here, Q. There's a nice back and forth. I, I agree with you. If Goody had unrealistic expectations about what to get from Rodgers, like, he, if he thought, hey, I'm going to give this guy $50 million, and the guy who's been a massive pain in the rear and hasn't done anything in the offseason, hasn't been committed at all, if I just give him this huge deal, then all of a sudden he'll be perfect. That would be dumb. But if Goody had realistic expectations about what he was going to get back from Rodgers, and Rodgers went way, like, maybe Rodgers hasn't done anything. Maybe Rodgers has made it a point to not answer texts. He's made it a point to not do this, that, and the other. And, like, I'm thinking Rodgers must have gone so far the other way in the last year because if if the Packers had reasonable expectations and turned on him this quickly and were ready to move off after 12 months, then Roger. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it must have gotten not bad because Rodgers isn't a bad guy, but this just must have not worked in the last year. And I, I don't know. I want details. I want details, Q. That's it. I can't have them, but I want them. Yeah, I feel like we won't get any details. Um, but I still, like... I'm not sure if you've ever made a $50 million investment. Well, but th- thank you for not assuming I haven't. I, ha- I have not, <laughs> but thank you for maybe leaving that possibility open. That makes me feel good. So yeah. I work for a company that invests like 500 to a billion dollars a year. Oh. And when we're making a 50 to a hundred million dollar investment, you better be damn sure 
that we are asking every single question before we sign on the dotted line. So I like that. it's concerning to me that somebody who's leading an organization of this size and making these types of decisions is leaving things to chance. That's not to say that Fair. like Rogers could have agreed to something and then he seems like a bit of a fickle person. Um, so maybe he changed his mind or like got petty in some way. But to me, it seems like Rogers is on his way out and we will be left with beauty and LaFleur and love and like we have a lot of eggs in the love basket at least for this season and probably for more than that um and the person who made that decision has had questionable judgment in the past all right so i i'm hoping for the best and i'm going to be cheering for for the packers and probably jordan love but it's just a little concerning to me especially like if we get all this draft capital this year like luckily Goody has a decent, um, like, track record in the draft. Yeah. Um, like, it seems like every other year he has a good draft. <laughs> Which is, that's so. most GMs. Like, drafting is like drafting is a lot of luck. There are GMs that are better at it sometimes. And Q, I'm going to move on. I see Mike Clemens has joined. Mike, I'm embarrassed to say, I'm a break behind. I have to take my five-minute break. Can you talk for five minutes on the other side of this? Okay, you're giving me the nod. Let's take a break. We're broadcasting at American Family Fields of Phoenix, which, by the way, Q, if you're uh, – your business that invests a lot of money, they want to make it another investment. I, I very much like traveling for the show. So if you want to if you want to get in on the next trip that we do, I'd appreciate it. But this trip, Flipside Pub and Grill, Lacrosse Beer House, please sponsor those places. They're helping us out this week. Five minutes and we're back with Mike Clemens on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're broadcasting live Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill, Lacrosse Beer House. So appreciative of them. I had uh, one of our P1 listeners in Lacrosse tweet a picture. He's outside Beer House right now. So please, if you're in Lacrosse listening, Go have a beer at one of those spots, and if you listen in Madison or Eau Claire, maybe somewhere else, you got to visit lacrosse sometime. State track's coming up. Maybe you have a son, daughter, niece, nephew, somebody who goes to school. There's three colleges in lacrosse. Go visit them, and when you're there, go get a beer uh, and thank the places for, for sending the show out here. we got Kenny Halpern coming up in a few minutes. Insiders on the batters to talk about the NIT. Mike Clemens has hopped in the stream yard to talk about the Packers. Mike, hello. Hey, Grant. How are you? I'm doing well. This place agrees with me. I like the sun and I like being outside. My studio doesn't have a window. So this is, I'm normally, it feels like I'm in a closet like most radio studios. This is pretty nice. No complaints. That's why Euchre, that's why Euchre likes spending half his year out there. Yeah, it works It works pretty well. That's why a lot of people from Wisconsin have the right idea and they spend they spend time out here. I've, I keep talking about Rogers, which is kind of funny. Like we're here and, and we got to follow a Rogers story, but it's interesting to follow. It makes for good fodder but he's still in limbo about what he wants to do i don't think that that's the case i think that to see alan lazard signed with the team today means no um this is what the plan is this is what rogers is asking from the jets and i'll come if you do this and the jets seems to be complying so very quickly last week 
The Jets, in fact, fly out to Malibu and talk to Rodgers. The Packers give them permission. Then no, there was nothing said except for Woody Johnson uh, leaving uh, where they were staying and telling the New York paparazzi, uh, we'll see yeah. you know, if, if there's a deal. Uh, it was all quiet for three or four days. Mark Murphy goes over to the WIA girls basketball tournament, oh something he does every year, and basically lays. He t- he started talking about Aaron Rodgers in the past tense. Brett was Brett was a great quarterback for us. Aaron's been a great quarterback yeah. for us. He's talking about it in past tense, and so he's pretty much making it clear that they want to move on to Jordan Love. He's reinforcing the things that Gutekind said. Now, there's I think legitimate concerns. People are saying like. Is this going to hit their help hurt their bargaining for trades and what's on the table? Technically, the Packers and Jets should not be talking about what that's supposed to be. Saturday morning, Aaron Rodgers is at a charity flag football game that he's participated in, and a reporter is out there from KCAL 9, a TV station, probably talking to Rodgers' people, who puts out a tweet that says, uh, oh, yeah, there's a deal in place. And a couple hours later, I think the teams, the Packers and the Jets, got on with Tom Pelissero from NFL Network says, there's no deal yet. There's no deal. Because technically, they're not supposed to be doing that. So the legal tampering period begins on Monday, and there's nothing, and there's nothing, and there's nothing. But today, Alan Lazard, who becomes a free agent tomorrow, signs a 40-year deal worth $44 million, $22 million guaranteed. They're taking care of Aaron Rodgers' boy. I mean, it's pure and simple. Lazard, 27 years old. He had 60 catches, 788 yards, six touchdowns in the 15 games he appeared in last year. Allen, I got pretty close with last year. I mean, I've always connected with him, but I thought he was an interesting story. Uh, And the fact is, he didn't show up to any of the OTAs. And this is after Devontae Adams leaves. And so I finally got him to talk to him about it during training camp. Like, why did you skip the spring and just show up for the mandatory? Yeah. He said, oh, I'm building, I'm building a house in Des Moines. That was his only reason. It was like, I, I don't need to take catches from Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is my guy. And if he leaves, so, I'm, I'm leaving. Maybe he kind of, yeah. Well, so, the, so you see this kind of divide begin right there. And even in December, Allen dropped a line. He says, I'm, I'm probably going to be a free agent next year anyway. Yeah. He didn't he thought that there was a divide between him or a misunderstanding. Why did the Packers only offer me a one year deal after Devontae Adams just left the room? And so that's where it started for him. Today he's a New York Jet. Now there's reports that they're gonna they that Randall Cobb could be talking to them. Cobb is back from an ankle uh surgery he had, maybe even Mercedes Lewis at tight end. So this looks very clearly that Aaron Rodgers says, I will come to the Jets. I'll, I'll love to work with Nathaniel Hackett again, an offensive coordinator, and maybe I'll give you two years, but uh, I want you to sign these guys. And when you do that, then I'll come in and sign the paperwork on Wednesday. And then tomorrow, he's going on the McAfee show. Ooh. So that clearly means yeah, you know, it's it's in the books. Well, Mike, I, I, I unfortunately got to go. Could we get yeah. you I, – I, if, if this StreamYard works and you can do this, if there's news tomorrow or news Thursday, can we get you on? We could do a full 25 minutes. Absolutely. But that's that's the timeline right now, and we're keeping you posted here on your show and throughout the day. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. I'll talk soon. We'll talk this week. Thanks, Grant. That's Mike Clements. I hate to rush him out. That sucks. But we got a lot done today. We had some good calls. 
StreamYard's working pretty well. I enjoy using this. Let's come back. We'll wrap up the show after this and get things turned over to Kenny and High and Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's the Wisco Sports Show, just wrapping up here at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Forget the music. We got Kenny and Heilprin coming up in just a few minutes. I'm headed to Buck Suns tonight, so I'm going to send some tweets, post some pictures, and I'll talk to you tomorrow again at the stadium. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House, hoping to talk to some more pitchers, get some audio from Council as well. And if there's Rogers news, we'll have Mike Clemens back. Enjoy the Badgers tonight. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.